podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. 150 years of breakthroughs, milestones and triumphs. 150 years of Children's National Hospital. 150 years of generous community support. You can give kids a future where they get freckles instead of chemotherapy and paper cuts instead of surgery. Children's National Hospital. 150 years stronger with your help. Please give today. Visit childrensnational.org slash 150 years. That's childrensnational.org slash 150 years. Time to fire up the grill. Time to go to Total Wine and find the perfect flavor to pair with those burgers. Ooh, I love their beer cooler. (laughs) You love their prices even more. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. All the Reds need is a friend, a big Geordie ponytail friend called Andy. It's the day trippers. Tonight's show, we're joined by a triumvirate of pod debutants, as Cy Campbell, aka Phantom Goal on Twitter, and writer extraordinaire Jim Fishlock join us on the line, whilst Mark Keeley braves the bunker. We'll be looking at Monday night's heartbreaking madness and throwing an eye towards the last day of the season, before finishing, as we do, with your listeners' questions. Right, so let's just bite the bullet and get into the madness that was last night's 3-3 away draw at Crystal Palace. The mood in the wake of the result, both on the pitch and in the wider world, was one of utter desolation. And yet Liverpool had taken a point to go top of the league with a game remaining. The sentiment, however, was a mixture of heartbreak, anger and confusion. 24 hours later, how are we feeling? Before we pick the bones out of another 30 batshit match, isn't it fair to say that this season's already delivered more than any of us here really dared to dream at the start? And the fact that we go into the last day with a slim chance of being champions is pretty remarkable achievement, is it not, Andy Young? Yeah, of course, it's it's amazing. And like we we'd have taken it at the start, we'd have taken it at Christmas when we were top. Yeah, given that opportunity to play the last game of the season, mm. uh, watching another result. I mean, I don't know how far you have to go back for to for Liverpool fans to experience that. Yeah. Uh, against Arsenal in '89, you had two teams in the park. How far do you have to go back where you had that experience like United and City did a few seasons ago? Yeah. And, you're, you know, watching things like that happen over the last few years, you're jealous that it's not your club. And you want, you're looking at the crowd like in the uh, cameras panning around and looking at people with earphones on and it's amazing. And I'm, I'm absolutely buzzing for uh, Sunday despite what happens, you know, with City. Let's, let's, let's see how, what happens on uh, Wednesday because Wednesday night we could be back in the driving seat. Yeah, that's a very, very, very good point. Sai, would you agree with that, that basically maybe there's a, more than a slight overreaction to the result uh, last night? Yeah, I think it's um, it's kind of telling that people were so upset about it whenever, you know, I don't think anyone can really say they've been let down by this team this season. 
you know, as I said, you know, before going to the start of the season, if you told us that we'd be in with a chance of winning the league on the last day of the season, then that would have, you know, gone past anyone's imaginations. You know, top four Champions League was always the goal. And even then we thought that would be an incredible achievement for the season. So to even, you know, get into this kind of running is incredible. You know, it's not a bottle job. Nobody's nobody's let anyone down this season. Mm. And, and all it is is going from strength to strength. Hopefully next season we can... Uh, we can build on it, but yeah, I think the reaction, you know, when you saw Glenn Johnson on Twitter kind of getting a bit riled up, obviously, you know, it got the impression that people were maybe sending him abuse directly towards him, which is out of order completely, you know, as much as players maybe made mistakes, you know, you don't go directly to them and send them abuse, you know, I mean, that's not, I mean, they're still human beings, they're still professional footballers, you know, they've still, they were as gutted as we were yesterday, so... Mm. You know, I think that's unfair. And in the in the in the bigger scheme of things, uh, so would you agree that I mean, basically, okay, it's not the mm-hmm. ideal scenario, but we're still in with the same, almost the same shit as we were. We still need City to fuck up. If they do, we're still in. Yeah, we still need um, a kind of a, a big, you know, thing of fortune to go our way. Mm-hmm. So all it does is that it just means that the fortune that we need is just a little bit, a little bit more. I mean, ultimately, I think. Um, a lot of our hopes maybe were pen- are being pinned on, you know, these kind of kind of strange players like Andy Vyman or uh, or Andy <laughs> Carroll, these players who, yeah. who who could do something for us. So yeah. um, so again, I don't think that changes necessarily anything. And you know, to say that it's uh, it's over is crazy because you know it was crazy to say it was over three weeks ago whenever we were five points clear, and it's crazy to say it's over now because. City have games in hand, but as they've shown earlier in the season, games in hand don't mean points in the bag. That's, and that, hopefully, the the same goes this week. Very well put indeed, Jim. Would you would you concur? How's your optimism levels going into the weekend and looking at tomorrow evening's game? Well, five minutes after the game last night, obviously I wasn't very optimistic, but I I try my best to be optimistic, you know, as much as I can, and and I think taking the the season as a whole and if you go back to sort of January 2013 up until now I mean it's just been an incredible growth by the team and I personally at the start of the season didn't think we we would reach uh, the top four I thought we'd finish fifth fifth but give it a good run and like you know Simon and Andy have said we're one point ahead of you know everybody else with one game left to go you know we were seventh last season it's just an incredible incredible achievement and I hope, you know, we'll be there on Sunday and I hope the streets are absolutely ram-jammed with every single person who has ever thought anything of the Liverpool Football Club cheering that coach in because, yeah, some of them may well have back in love with football, back in love with watching Liverpool. It's been, it's been ex- extraordinary, really, um, to see where we've come in such a small period of time. A lot of the two guys have said, you know, it's only going to go on from this. We can only go one way. And if we've only got to go from second to first, well, we've, we've gone from, from seventh to second in one season, worst case scenario. So if next season all we've got to do is go from second to first, you know, you've got to look at it that way, really. We're, we're one place off winning the league again. Absolutely. I mean, that, that's, that's a, a very simple kind of a logic to follow. Mark, <laughs> there's an awful lot of chit-chat talked about... Um, the fact that this is our best chance ever and all that. There's an awful lot of fatalism and talk, talking about how if we didn't grab this chance, blah, blah, blah. Do you buy into that or would you be like Jim thinking, you know, the, the, the next step is just to consolidate? Exactly. And this is, this is what being a football fan is all about. Uh, coming into the last 
game of of a season, being in with a chance of still winning the league, mm. and it's the highs and the lows. It's a, it's everything that goes with it, and what this team has produced this year, you can only feel nothing but pride as being a Liverpool fan. The fact that we're still in it, but all the, I mean, I remember all my some of my favourite moments of being a football fan as a kid. One was the even like thinking back to the '89 one. It was gutting, but it stands out yeah. for me yeah, yeah, so yeah. much. The drama of it. The drama of it. Yeah. The last game of the season in when Blackburn won at Anfield. Mm. Uh, it just stands out in the memory so much. And they're two, you could say, you know, they're not Liverpool wins, yeah. but yeah. it's part of being what a football about. And the fact is that this is the one where we, you know, we're in with a chance of winning the league yeah. still. Right at the death. And yeah. a lot of the stuff that, you know, rather than elaborate on the idiocy, <laughs> the idiot, idiocy or whatever, yeah. and he was talking about, that's, you know, a lot of what was said after the game seem to just forget that fact yeah. you know yeah, yeah, yeah. and you, you still have to you know you can't just you can't just lie down you know it was actually it was a bit disappointed to see some of the play, you know the players so upset um, and maybe I was obviously hoping that Rogers might have said you know this is still on after the game kind of, that kind of stuff but I suppose there you know Rogers is probably thinking yeah it might be he's sending out a message yeah, yeah, or whatever yeah. you know but I thought you know them players need need lifting because you know, one or two of them kind of looked a little bit burned out before the game as well, and that was yeah, yeah, and he certainly did afterwards. Yeah. In fairness, Phil, is is that is that an interesting point there about the the response that we saw from the players on on the pitch and from Rogers afterwards, who seemed to concede the title? Well, from a particularly dour negative individual as myself, right? Last night drags out the emotions at the end purely because of the disappointment that people feel. You know, th- th- there's going to be emotions are raised, tensions are th- there's tensions. You can actually see it between the fan base, between the fans. Normal, rational people going off and complete mad ones on yeah, Twitter. Right? <clears throat> when you take a step back today and you think about it, you, like, and, and I, I hate when somebody says, "Oh, you can't think back to last year." Blah blah blah. Well, I'm sorry, we've been in the doldrums since 0809, right? Mm. We we couldn't finish top five in, in in that space of time. We were continually praying for a, for a run at Champions League we were saying this year let's hope that Brendan can get us within three points of the Champions League come the last game of the season and we'll all be saying that's progression and we're happy with that because we're in a chance this team can win the league still can win the league still there is no reason why they can't go on to win the league we needed Manchester City to have a slip up Anyway, regardless of, of, of uh, after, after the draw last night, oh, we yeah. still need Manchester City to, to have a slip-up. So what's the difference in one goal? They lose 1-0 to Villa instead of drawing 1-0 with Villa. That's the difference we're talking about here. Then it's back in our hands. This league is still very much on. And I don't mind Brendan's conceding the league because what Brendan has done is he's taken the pressure off those players. For those players now go out on Sunday, not worrying about chasing goals, which was probably something we'll come on to later, which was a fault in what happened in the actual play last night. But they go out now with just looking to win the game. For the supporters who have backed them right the way through this fantastic roller coaster ride of a season. Mm. And when we look back on this, even if we don't win the league, we're going to remember this as a season which Liverpool restated itself in the top four. And not just in the top four, but as contenders for the league championship again. And you know, I remember an article written by Dion Fanning after Rafa Benitez got the sack saying, you know, this, this, the, the Liverpool fans looked at, back at this as a golden, golden time, right? Yeah. Well, at this moment in time, with the age in the squad that we have, with the players that we have that are coming through, the inescapable fact that Brendan Rodgers is a fantastic coach, I'm not just talking about manager, I'm talking about in terms of what he can do with the players, that young players that come into his thing. This team has six, seven, eight years in front of itself. Mm-hmm. 
And unlike 0809, when we sold off some of our crown jewels because the other Yanks were, were robbing the club blind to try to keep themselves in, in, in a nice little pension winner that they had, this time we're not selling off our best players. We're going to add to that squad. So that squad will be able to deal with Champions League next season and going again, whether we win the league or not. And I, I, I'm, honestly, I, I said it to Andy earlier on, I feel that we're, in, we're probably in a slightly... Strangely enough, an easier way to win this league than before, where it was relying on a draw and then we hold our nerve and we do this and maybe we chase the goals. There were so many variables at play. Mm. Now it's, if Manchester City lose and we win, that's that's it. We're league champions. That's as plain and simple as you can get it. And there's no other variables around. That's what it boils down to. There'll be no goal chase. There's just the fact we need one result. And I remember United losing the league when they went to West Ham and they lost 1-0 and they hit every fucking thing in the, in the whole world that day and Blackburn still managed to win the league despite losing to ourselves yeah. in Anfield. Yeah. Shit happens. Things happen on the last day of the season. They don't happen in the second last match of the season. They happen, the magic happens in the, at, the, at the end. This is Istanbul. This is <laughs> half-time in Istanbul. <laughs> yeah. None of them none of them seasons were, were as mad as this. This has been no. a crazy yeah. season already. Yeah. This is so half-time in Istanbul. You know, we have yeah. to... We, we must. There's every chance that we can still win the league. So there's no point in being gloomy. No. Yeah, look, there, there was mourning that went on over. But let's get, let's get, let's face facts. One result with one bad result for City, and we're back in the driving seat. Back in the driving seat, mm. one game to go, and it's a cup final. Yeah. Exactly, Phil. Like, and if things happened the way they're supposed to happen in yeah. football, we'd be all minted. We'd have the bookies cleared out. Yeah. Mm. So there's twists and turns in every mm. uh, title race. Have Have City have their twist? Mm. Yeah. Probably not. We've had our, we've had our twist yeah. and torn. Chelsea have had theirs. City haven't. Yeah, and there's nothing delusional about thinking that something like that could happen. There's probably no. I don't, think, there's it, I don't think. It's, I don't think it's a delusion. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, look, having established the fact that we do have a little bit of life left in us and a bit of positivity left in us, we do need to go and actually look at the, the details of the match itself. Um, and putting aside all the, uh, the the Twitter nonsense, if we were to look at the goals that we did concede, basically you could say that there was an awful lot of the usual suspects uh, involved in terms of, 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 of uh, the concession of those goals. So let's start with the defence. Uh, we had uh, Jamie Carragher and uh, uh, old uh, Neville there uh, having canaries last night about how deep Liverpool were defending and in fairness they were right, it was quite mad to watch um, in, in the playback. Is this down to a lack of leadership as I think Carragher was trying to shout or is it... Uh, a thing that's being coached, do you think, Jim? Um, well, personally, I thought up until the first goal, you know, it, it was it was a great performance. I was, <laughs> I try and stay off Twitter during the during the games because there's all sorts of nonsense going on um, before, during, and after. So, you know. It's crazy on there, but um, I, th- I was I was going to tweet at one point. You know, oh, nice to see Glenn Johnson having a decent game for a change, uh, and uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm glad I did. I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> that was probably about 25 minutes out, Jim, yeah. wasn't it? <laughs> it? It was, yeah, about 25 minutes out, and I was sitting there thinking, oh, fair play to him, you know. Yeah. When he when he does play, all right, he, he looks all right. But I'm glad I didn't. As I say, I would have had to delete my account and move country. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, well, look, we went, we, 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 Fim Jish. <laughs> the, the first goal goes in, and you can f- watch every all their faces. And I don't just mean the back four; I mean the midfielders. They all shit themselves. Mm, the yeah. crowd starts getting up, um, and it's just it's just fucking carnage, isn't it? We've seen it. It's nine minutes of absolute carnage, and they could have scored more than the three they did. Mm. I think personally, as soon as that one goal goes in, 
Rogers needs to be a slightly a bit more proactive. I could see him chatting away to Pasco and the other the other guy on the bench. Mm. And they made the change Moses. Me, I would have brought Agar on. I would have gone to three at the back again, which he has done in previous games to try and just close it down. Um, but once that first goal goes in, you you see the team as a whole shit themselves. Skirtle is is default when he's worried about what's going on is to just drop back and yeah. drop back and drop back. Um, until he's practically on top of Mignolet. There was a, a little bit of analysis they were doing on Sky last night, and, and they were talking about the, how deep they were, and it was Sacco and Skirtle in particular. But if you, they didn't mention it, but if you look just behind them, Mignolet is going absolutely bananas. He's, he's shit, waving his arms. He's screaming at them to get out, I would imagine, unless he's having some sort of funny turn. I don't know. But he's <laughs> screaming at them to get out, and they're just not moving. Yeah. So, you know, you're asking for leadership. You're looking for Steven Gerrard. You're looking for... Uh, Luis Suarez, you're looking for Martin Skirtle and Sacco really to sort of, you know, put it on the line and say, right, lads, we got to fucking push up because they only had the one guy who was going to go in behind them, and the one point Skirtle decides to step out yeah. is the worst point he could ever step out. I know, yeah. You know, yeah, it's, it's like he's thought, oh, hang on, fucking hell, ten minutes, I haven't fucking stepped forward. Oh, I know what I'll do. I'll just step forward now. Never mind leaving their guy standing on his own on the edge of the penalty box. You know. Yeah. It was just, well, we all know what it was. It was, it was absolute carnage. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Simon Campbell, is it, is it fair to say that this idea of them being deep, uh, it, are we are we picking on that? Has it been that way all season? And like Andy said earlier on, is it something that when it does uh, go against us that we, 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 we focus in on? Or was it particularly bad last night, in your opinion? I think it was particularly bad last night. I think we've, we've had a few games where we've had to see it out namely against Sunderland and West Ham and against Norwich, where we've we've just kind of gone balls to the wall and just mm. held it down. And and last night, it was just like the team just completely shit themselves. Mm. And, you know, whether or not that was because Rodgers should have brought on another defender, I, I understood the Moses substitution because it was to try and keep Balassi, uh, uh, you know, on, keep on top of Balassi because Balassi was running riot. Um, at that stage in the game, so he brought on Moses because Moses has a bit of pace to try and hold him back, which which did work. But then the the problems weren't on our wings; the problems were really at the, in the defence. And um, yeah, I think the the, the problem was it, it was that, but then it, it was the, the 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 playing deep combined with the fact that we still were going for goals rather than just sitting back. We because we were so desperate to get the goals, we were still you know like the, their second goal came from a corner; it was a counter attack. And you know we had like Martin Skirtle, obviously who's who's our biggest threat off corners, but he was standing on the complete opposite end of the pitch that he should be. Mm. And I just feel like if we'd maybe taken the corner with you know rather than Gerard taking corners, if we maybe taken it with Sterling or something who was taking a few corners and have Gerard be a threat in the box and then keep Skirtle back, uh, maybe that wouldn't have happened. Maybe if we just kind of held back a little bit and just kept a little bit more defensive, but still keep the way we normally play in terms of just trying to keep it tight. But the, it, I just think the everything just went. It just kind of all the game plan just went out the window once their uh, once their first goal went in. They they went into overdrive and we just totally kind of all the, the wheels came off and we didn't really know what we were doing. Yeah, that's and quite spectacularly so. Phil, is that that's a really good point Simon makes is that we seem to be caught between two stools in terms of the plan. The plan was confused to say the least in that period of time when we needed it to be solid. 
look again last night in isolation you look at it and there was we had a plan up until I think Sterling goes off I think for me the, the big moment happens when Sterling goes off the pitch because he was he was the one that was really linking a sort of a deep line defence to the, the two other boys in attack yeah. and whoever was going on with him and when Coutinho came on he didn't do it as effectively as Sterling has done it and what Sterling has in his armory is that he was able to pick it up 25 yards from goal and he was able to run now, at that point, I can understand why we're playing deep because we're playing them on the counter and we're hoping to open up more spaces for the likes of Sturridge and, and Suarez to get in behind. And when you think about the, the, our second and third goals, stuff, it comes from that type of breakaway that we do and, and we get our goals from it. Now, Sterling goes off, Coutinho comes on, doesn't do it as well. There's that sort of, A gap then opens up in the midfield between um, where, where Coutinho now is and on Lucas' side and then coming down the right-hand side where they tend to get, get a bit of joy because the, the counter-attack off the corner comes in that direction as such. Um, and then you've got the... With, with our defenders, with our centre-halves playing in a, in a deep line as such at that point, it, it, we lose our compactness and, and the one thing when we play our fast tempo aggressive sort of passing through centre midfield and the whole lot the lads have to be fairly compact so that the passes can come off before they can hit a switch or, or, or hit a true ball or something like that and if we're spread out the way we were it just becomes too, very hard for us to do and, and in the poorer games that we had earlier in the season we did seem very stretched and that's the one thing that for those last 20 minutes or so we, we were very stretched from, from top end to the back end um, the leadership thing is interesting you know I'm I'm a firm believer that to, to, there's a reason why very few teams ever go from seventh to win in the league, or go from fifth to win in the league, or fourth to win in the league. They tend to come runners up for us before they actually win a league, because I think you have to learn how to you know go through the experience of being in these type of positions to know how to deal with them again so that you don't sort of lose your way in games like this you just eke out the result no matter what. And a bit more experience, I'd say if we played this game this time next year at three one instead of us going chasing goals again, we just sit we we, we take the three one. We put it in our back pocket and we run away with it. Maybe so. maybe Brendan does. Yeah. Maybe maybe Agar comes on and Potenti- you know. potentially Agar comes on or, or whatever way we do it. But I'm just looking at it saying you know it's it's it, it's easy to get on. Like I, I thought there was a bit too much focus on the centre backs. I thought our our full backs for that last twenty minutes were, were particularly poor. And yeah, I, I know yeah, we're going to get onto them. Yeah, but I, I I do genuinely think if if you allow that amount of ball then to come towards your centre backs, they look under more pressure. Yeah. And their natural thing then is to come in tight and, and sit on top of the eighteen yard box and try to deal with whatever yeah. comes with them. Going back to the point about Skirtle stepping in, that's one mistake. The second mistake is that when the play is being built up, Johnson's looking across at Skirtland so you can see that there's two players on him. There's Gale and there's, they're obviously, they've put the big man up to try to get flick-ons to try to get your man Gale around the back. If he reacts there, there's a chance that he can get across and cover the actual flick-on and either get a block or something that's on it. You know, there's all these little things keep building up all the time and that can be the difference between you being champions and coming second place. Now, we could get you know we've had such wonderful games we've had such wonderful wins we're in a we're still in a fantastic position like to to berate the team now on this type of defending where we've done it at other points during the season and we've berated them then you know like really we're going over all ground at this stage with with with, the, with probably the same play, players in doing the same things again we are but uh, not not to go over all ground as such Annie but why is it a team that's so famed for their pressing and high tempo stuff allows, in the area where they really need to get close to the ball, allows such space, especially around the edge of our own 18-yard box. It's something that I can never really understand. I'm not talking about headlessly rushing to the man and then getting caught on the spin. I mean, closing the space. 
And, you know, poor Kara's voice went up about 18 octaves last night crying about it. Uh, but it's true. It's a fair point. The space guys had on the edge of our of our 18-yard box. Yeah, um, it was. Like, look, Liverpool, like, uh, Rodgers is, a, is an aggressive manager and he's a young manager and I think as time goes on, he might kind of come back into himself and he, he learned from this season a lot. And it's, yeah. that's the good thing because he's not a stubborn bastard like... <laughs> Rafa was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like you, you can see, you can see Rogers learning all the time. Um, they're not drilled defensively, you know. We've seen that all <coughs> season. They're not drilled defensively. It's all about, football, you know, possession football and and the best way of defending is keeping the ball and whatever. Uh, okay, we press, we press well in midfield and we try and turn the ball over. But when the when the chips are down and we're like it was against us and like it ha- has been in a lot of games this season, or particularly recently. Um, we do sort of tend to crumble or the lack of experience and it was it, it would have just taken a defender coming on there because it was very easy to see what was happening sitting on the bench mm-hmm. to yeah. see how it was developing yeah. um, the significant thing I noticed about like I don't mind deep defending when you're defending the lead okay I don't mind that but as long as the midfield drop back with you and tighten the lines it's schoolboy stuff if you allow oceans and oceans of space for players to not just flick balls on but get on the ball and turn and get a chance to look up mm. now the way Rafa used to have us playing the way Mourinho has uh, them playing is tight lines you can barely fit in the spaces that they allow between midfield and defence so whatever about defending deep that's not really the root of it. It, it collectively the team sort of just crumbled and they didn't really know quite what the, the communication and everything and everyone, everyone's just shitting their pants and it is that philosophy you're talking about as well though isn't it the, the, I mean a 3-1, there was no thinking that, right, we need to shore up here. It's like, let's get fucking four or five more, even still. Yeah. When the third goal goes in, when Suarez scores, it's just grab the ball, pull it on the air, jumper, and let's get back to centre. So yeah. There's no celebrations. This team is mental, you know. Yeah. They just want to, they, I mean, they believe they could actually score eight or nine. They actually did, it was mad. Yeah, you can actually, look, we, didn't, we have to admire them for that. It's brilliant. Yeah. Like the, you know, but at the same, you know, the, when, you, when you, your brain kicks in and it's not your heart dreaming yeah. of this, turning around an impossible goal difference like let's face it if we had to put six seven past them and then uh, then you're relying on City to only win by one goal then you want to beat Newcastle it's it's a it's a mental task yeah. you know run a rag or whatever yeah yeah fair enough uh, Mark like we say we nobody's interested in any wish ones here but you know like we, we need to finish out this topic of the defence and uh, we, we, we've touched on, on, on Glenn Johnson's performance I guess uh, being uh, maybe a little bit of what we've seen uh, the more negative side of it at least over the year um, without, without hacking the back off the man uh, is, is he a fellow that you see lining up for us next year? I don't personally I think I said it a while back um, remember the time he, he, he was out with some, some sort of injury I don't know what the injury was nobody seemed to know what it was mm. I don't think I think that was related to something else because mm. um, that's why it seemed that's his, his game had, has pl- had plummeted so badly and I think we can you can talk all about say, setting your defence up in the right way and stuff like that the first goal is, is simple defending it's just getting out to the ball Yeah, he you know he just doesn't doesn't react whatsoever mm. and I, I don't know it's just hard to explain for, for a guy so experienced in that he's been in that position before he's won leagues before mm. And it's just one of them things you you can't you know you, you can't you, you can't legislate for it sometimes. Mm. The other thing I'd say as well, we we went. I know you asked me about Johnson, but in terms of the defence, yeah, yeah, for this for the uh, set the Palace second goal, we leave Flanagan back on his own for a corner. We just broke. Coutinho has a great chance to make a four-one. Mm. It goes in suddenly. 
it's, you know, we're not we're not talking about the second goal, but they actually leave Flanagan back on his own. We're winning three one, and you leave Flanagan back on his own. That that in itself is a bit crazy in mm. terms of how you set up, and it just showed that there was a mentality on the pitch. We're going for more. We're going for more. Mm. And I think that's probably sometimes where your manager comes in and say, "That's that's mental stuff." Leaving one man back yeah, on his own, yeah. and that's where the second goal comes from. Yeah. So you can, I know, on a lot of the analysts. The analysis was based on how deep we were, but we, you know, that's been kind of talked to death yeah. all season. Yeah, you know, yeah, we could have been talking about another five-three like Cardiff was, or yeah. you know, if if, if one of them chances go. And I know we get onto the attack, but there was plenty of chances in the game as well. <coughs> Moving on to slightly more positive things, then uh, with regards to our own performance on the day. Uh, the midfield, uh, I suppose there's mixes here. Um, people could say different things, but Joe Allen, uh, your your countryman, Jim, would you were you, were, you, were you proud of the display you put in last night? Yeah, well, I'm always singing his praises. I, I think he's brilliant. Um, I thought last night was probably one of his best performances all round for us. He was uh, dangerous going forward. He's you know when he's got the when he's in possession, he's excellent. Uh, his strength when he's he's in possession or when he's trying to win it back. Uh, he's very, you know, he's underrated in that uh, regard, mm. and also his, his energy levels. You know, people rave about Jordan Henderson, and rightly so. You know, but if you if you watch Joe Allen when he plays, he adds an awful lot to our game. So I think last night was just the perfect overall performance from him. Mm. Uh, it's just a pity, obviously, that, that the result didn't go because if the result, if we stay winning that game, and people, st- you know, a three nil win or, or whatever it is, people are talking about that vital first goal. And for you know the smallest guy on in the in the team to score a header in a from a corner against the Tony Pulis uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. site <laughs> yeah. takes yeah. some doing really you know in, so indeed, uh, yeah. yeah I'm I'm glad he's got the goal off his back now it should stop people talking about the Everton uh, miss and yeah I mean I th- I think he deserves a, a place in that team and, and you you fit everyone else around him um, and I think last night you know we we're all starting to see that if he does get a good run and he's not injured and he keeps his place how effective he is. Yeah, um, Jim says that there's been an awful lot of fuss and, 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 and fanfare about Jordan Henderson. He will walk straight back in, Phil, won't he? Yeah, um, I, I didn't think Lucas had a particularly bad game last night. I don't think he had a particularly good game last night. I think the way the team has progressed and the type of football that we play um, is more so Lucas's biggest issue because he needs to get a touch, needs to get his head up to look around to see what's going on. If, if you look at the way Henderson and Allen play, they're very intuitive footballers. They're aware of what's going on around them on the actual pitch. So generally when the ball comes in, they're able to know that there's somebody either up their hole or they can turn the space and, and how to turn it to space, get a ball away quickly, to know where the next pass is going because they're aware of the movement that's going on around them. I don't feel that Lucas brings the same thing to the table. And that's not bashing the lad. That's just the style of player that he is. Mm-hmm. And I think if he moved on to somewhere in Italy or Spain, I think people would be saying, Jesus, Lucas is playing really well out there. You know what I mean? I just think, again, managers sign players to fit certain styles of teams. And Lucas really fit well into the Rafa team in 08-09 when he was there. And Does he know, like to have the game in front of him? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think I think he does. But I don't think you're going to move Gerrard out of the defensive midfield position no. because I think he's, Gerrard has proved in this Rodgers team that he's a better, he's more effective in that defensive midfield position than Lucas is because, again, Gerrard is capable of, of, of knowing what's on, knowing where to go to next, not play the same ball 
repetitively in terms of who he's going to the whole lot and can open up the game. How did he do ways. last night, in, in your opinion? I actually didn't think Gerard had a particularly great game last night. I thought, you know, again, coming back to what we mentioned earlier on, we need, probably needed him there to maybe show a, a bit more of a cool head and, and tell the team, look, we don't need to chase this anymore, especially in, on like, on the second goal. But this this comes down to leadership. I'm not talking about actual performances. I thought he did, he did okay. It wasn't one of his standout games. Um you know, when we were talking about the defence, he didn't give much of a screen over those last twenty minutes in terms of what was what was there. I think he himself went after the goals. Um, I think the whole team went after. It. And, and Rogers in his press conference afterwards said, you know, the going after the goals wasn't his primary motive in this actual game. He just wanted to get the three points on the boards. And sometimes teams can get caught up themselves in what they think they need to do as opposed to what they need to do. Um, but while saying that, like for seventy nine minutes, we're treating it up. We haven't done much wrong. We haven't done. We haven't done anything. No, but look, we. Ha- I've just. Laughed. I, I've just realised what you just said there. <laughs> <laughs> but no, for, for, seriously, for seventy nine minutes, that team has done its job exactly the way you wanted to do it. Yeah. It's it's put them to the sword, and they they've gone after goal. They're, they're obviously they've looked at it and probably sensed it because let's be honest, storage has hit the post. Um, we've had another we've had another couple of close shaves in terms of goals. A couple of great saves by yeah, by Sprawn. Plays one over the yeah. over the post the whole lot. And like you're saying to yourself, we could have been five or six nil up mm. at that stage with the chances that we had. And it's natural that they probably feel the goals inside them because of the chances they've made. The real bit that we need, the bit that we just needed was a 3-1, just someone to say, fuck it lads, let's take the 3-1. Let's take the 3-1. Yeah. And yeah. you know, it, it, there's, it, there's a collective responsibility there. It could come from Rodgers, as we said, we could have changed things. But in terms of midfield performances, did they do particularly badly? No. Was the last 11 minutes horrific? Yes. But was that horrific particularly because of the midfield? No. Was some players more at fault than others? Yes. But are you going to hang them out over 11 minutes? Probably not. You know, every, like everyone, everyone that's sitting here, we could, we could have done an hour on the things that Glenn Johnson did wrong in that match, right? We've done everything on Johnson that happened last night. Yeah, but there's no point everything. in going over it. Yeah. Everything we've done, yeah. absolutely everything, and it's repetitive with him. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's pointless. It, 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 it's, it's a point you made earlier on, Andy. Everything that was on display that was bad in those yeah. crazy minutes, uh, we talked to death over the year. I think Mark said it as well. It's, of course it's, we have. Of course you know, we have. It, you know, it, it, there's, there's nothing new there. No, it's it's just, we needed it's just to, consistent. Uh, we needed to bring Colo on to calm everyone down. That's, that's, what yeah. that's exactly yeah, what I was missing. <laughs> the, co- no, uh, the fucking Colo factor. You're talking about leadership and you're talking about <laughs> cool heads. <laughs> yeah. Colo, that, that was no. the answer. Last but it, it, wasn't, it wasn't a great performance, in my opinion, overall. It was, it was, a, it was a game that was made a lot easier um, than I expected. Uh, I thought that uh, we would have had a Palace team that was a little bit different to the Everton team that played City nothing really at stake for them and I thought they would have um, I thought they would have you would have seen the same Palace you didn't see the same Palace you've seen Holiday Mode Palace for the whole game and the only difference between how Everton approached City and how Palace approached us was the crowd Yeah. Mm. and when the crowd gets behind you like that it's a uh, it's a uh, it's effective it's effective and they just it got got the players up for it like Everton um, I love getting digs in but they I, like <laughs> The fans were were uh, were, were, were celebrating. They were an absolute disgrace to their small family club. You know, um, <laughs> they they, uh, they 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 didn't really care. You know, that, look at the Palace fans where they're bouncing and bouncing and bouncing. Yeah, yeah. They I haven't watched there, too many yeah. games at Selhurst Park. Are they like that every week? Oh, well, I don't know, but that's bloody absolutely. impressive. That was that absolutely. Was impressive. That was like German football type yeah. of uh, bouncing around, yeah. the flags waving yeah. all through the game. Yeah, I've, heard, I've seen a couple of things today from lads who were there. Said it was the best atmosphere they've had at, at an English. 
background in years. Yeah. Oh, they, were, look, they were they were buzzing and a credit to the a absolute credit to Crystal Palace League that they that that's what that's what they're uh, bringing to the Premier League. Is that well, they seem to turn your man Balassi and uh, Gale when he came on to, yeah. into unplayable monsters. They were yeah, just, it was like know. yeah, maybe just the fact that they were sitting on the bench ab- uh, absorbing all this and maybe yeah. looking at the pitch, going, "Why aren't we fucking doing fuck all out there?" Yeah. Like there was play, there was Palace players having cocktails like on the beach and the boy, like you know what I mean? Yeah. They we were we didn't have to do an awful lot in that first half. All yeah. Liverpool did last night was what they did against Chelsea, just sort of keep kind of probe and I push them we were, back. I and actually push thought, them back. I, I genuinely thought we were a bit better than Chelsea. I thought we were a lot more patient. We didn't keep flinging the ball in across us. No, no, we didn't. Need, we didn't need to. Like the reason we the reason we went that frustration you see in Chelsea is because it because it, it's exactly what it was. Chelsea had a better defensive outfit and it was harder to unlock them. Liverpool were able to just start to play the normal game and just get the chances and mm. did lots of chances without doing an awful lot. Yeah, like yeah. the midfield wasn't great, the forwards weren't great. Suarez looked sick before the game, uh, and and put in an, an unbelievable shift. Yeah, and yeah. the fairness storage um, was quite good as he came into the game. Yeah, but it wasn't. It wasn't overall. It was just the sort of you know just go out there and do the job performance until. The last until they didn't. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mark. What's sick about it is that the, the goals we concede are not sort of stereotypical Tony Pulis goals. Mm. You know, we get dead on a counter attack for one. You know, nice little bit of play down our right hand side and a cross in for the second one. Yeah. Right, the third one is a, is a sort of, but it's not a, a hoof from their you know the edge of their area. They're in our half, mm. and it's a you know a decent diagonal ball. So yeah, Pulis is almost out footballed us. Yeah, yeah but that, that's that's what really hurts him. Like it's, the, it's these long these long passes, direct passes into feet that broke my heart. Yeah. Like, that should not I mean, be able that, to happen. That wasn't that wasn't a launch ball into the box no, for, for a, someone to make a nuisance. That pain, was a little that was a little chip into a yeah. bit of space. I mean, any any team. Playing against Liverpool last night would have been playing them balls in. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mark, talk to me about um, uh, Daniel Sturridge. Um, Andy touched on it there. He, he started off, let's be honest, um, he looked a little bit lost. But as the game went on, instead of fading away and showing signs of injury or whatever, in fairness to the man, he did step it up really he well. Did. Yeah, and you, he, he looked like he, he had found his touch again as the game went on. Things were bouncing off him, I think, mm. a little bit last week and the last game, and maybe in the first. It was noticeable. I think in the four, I think it was very early on. He had a chance, and the ball just came onto his left foot, and I just screamed, "Hit it!" And yeah. he, he, he kind of hesitated. Mm. And I think that 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 just comes with confidence yeah. as a striker. And I think he was just really trying to get his rhythm again. Mm. But like you said, he did come into the game. But I mean, he really he really tested out the L hamstring one stage there. He took I can't remember who it was, but he yeah, took someone the, on there on the right. Yeah, yeah. And cut in. Yeah, you know, like he really ran for it. And it, it seemed to shot, go into the game. Keeper saves it. You know. Like I said, we had plenty. We had loads of chances last mm. last night in the f- first half. I think at times, I think at times you, you can still see Sturridge and Suarez. At times, you kind of think, oh, maybe the the, the extra ball was on back to one of them there, and mm. one of them will throw the hand up to one or the other. But at the same time, I mean, just put together put together all our goals this season, and that was just the another, another two. Are a lot Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Last night and the. You know, the, even the, the Suarez got a little ball from Sterling. It was what it's what we've been good at. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was just like I said, like I said earlier, it was unfortunate that three one Coutinho got the chance, and I think we probably would have kicked on at, with storage kind of up in his game as the game went on. It was yeah. noticeable. You yeah. Know? Yeah. For sure. Uh, so uh, on on Luis Suarez, um, 
there was, was a, lot, a lot of talk. I missed the immediate build up to the match, so I missed the, the, the talk about him being sick or whatever. But as Andy said, he did put in a hell of a shift. The kid, in fairness, um, got his goal. Uh, it doesn't didn't seem like the Luis Suarez we know at the very very pinnacle of his game, but you you couldn't fault the man's effort. It was it was it was special. No, you get the impression he kind of was trying to force it in the same way that Gerrard tried to force it against Chelsea at times. Like whenever he blazed it over the bar, it felt like he was just trying. He was just trying a little bit too much and he needed yeah. to kind of reel it back a little bit. I mean, if he was sick, then he uh, he certainly played well through it because he um, he put in he put in a typical Suarez performance where he he plays extremely well without necessarily making it look like he's playing extremely well. You know, I mean, he just does a lot of linking play and brings a lot in together. And obviously, he got his goal and he's now matched the uh, the league record for goals over a thirty eight game season, mm. which is you know obviously incredibly impressive. So, yeah, it was it was a good performance by him. I think he's kind of been out of form in the last kind of month, maybe. Obviously, you know, it's been a long season. And he's been so good this season that you kind of expect his form to drop off at some point. And even then, his worst form is probably still makes him one of the best players in the league. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, as much as he um, he got his goal and, and he did put in a very good performance, it's not quite the, the Suarez that we know he can be, but... You know, I don't. You you couldn't put any you know fault or anything like that down today or done yesterday because he, he he did try so hard and you could see at the end of the game obviously just how devastated he was that the uh, the result hadn't gone our way. Yeah, for sure. Um, Phil, I know you wanted to chat a little bit about um, the more general picture of uh, Brendan's management of the game in terms of the substitutions and 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 and, and, and so on and the decisions in the game. Yeah, it just boils back to what we were saying. Like it's 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 a collective thing. We we, we got the last twenty minutes. We, we got probably nearly everything that we could do wrong. Wrong. Um, the, as I said, the, the substitution of, of Sterling to me, I think, is the turning point of the match. As I said, we our midfield had probably run out of legs a bit at that stage because that's when the gap started to open up. And he was making over. He was covering an awful lot of ground, and he was helping out Lucas and Johnson down that right hand side. And when he goes off. You know, Coutinho was carrying a knock, we were told before the game, and he looked like a player that came on that was carrying a knock because he wasn't covering the same level of ground as, as, as Sterling had done. And we know that Coutinho is capable of, of covering that ground and being, you know, a, a little angry ant getting around the pitch and making tackles and the whole lot. And they just, you know, it, when that happens at, at 3 1, even at 3 2, maybe, you know, you, you, I know the Brendan had Agar um, warming up, ready to come on at 3 2, and we went then and scored toward goal. And, you're just wondering, you know, if he doesn't make the Moses substitution, makes the Agar substitution there, he probably saves himself the the, the three points. Um, and I'm sure he's kicking himself over it as well. I'm sure he's thinking to himself, you know, maybe I should have just left Sterling and brought Coutinho on or maybe t- took Lucas off at that point. Um, and just to give that, you know, if I want to continue on the pitch, but because of the, the work rate Sterling was getting through. Um, and it's not, it's not, look, I echo back to this. That game last night, it's a draw. We're top of the league. You know, it's a disappointment that we didn't win the game in the position that we were in. But fuck, lads, we we got a point. You know, we're we're, we're going into the we go into the last day of the season with a chance to win the league. Yes, it's disappointing. Everyone everyone picks themselves up. We're going to look at it and say, you know, let, let's finish this off the best way we can. He's done enough. Brendan Rodgers has done enough this season to to earn fucking more plaudits than will will be showered upon him for 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 what he's achieved with the with the squad that he has. Um and. 
to, to berate any player over last night with the exception of, of a couple of players who are my favourites berate bud mm. <laughs> <laughs> speaking, speaking of berating players I'll let you come back to finish on a, on a little uh, uh, high note in a minute but professionals that you are around this table you probably watched the match back I couldn't watch it I was sick the, the, the remote control got broken and I walked out of the room so what was that a good chance, Victor Moses? Had lads. Ah, lads, come on! Was it a good chance? I don't he, know. I can't. The, the goalkeeper, the goalkeeper's out, out of the picture. Um, he basically has an uh, an open goal from five yards out, so with the ball dropping at his feet, and he air kicked. Mm. Like the ball gets in between his legs, and you, you know, if 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 there's moments in the season that you look at, there's, there'll be obviously some funny ones, but that one was just you're just saying. Ah, Jesus, fella, you're going, you're going to make up the difference for us here. Um, yeah. it's, you're, you're going to, this is going to be your hero moment. You know, that yeah. moment where, like, a, a, a Still McCade, waiting for that, yeah. McCade <laughs> incident for United when he was scoring those <laughs> improbable goals and he's never been seen of since, right? But uh, you're just saying, oh, this is... No. And then it's up between his legs. And it doesn't bounce to anyone else then you're fancying that they're still going to put it yeah. in, but it, it just doesn't bounce to anyone. But, like, it, it's, it's just something like that can happen and uh, and so often that teams come off the back of such long win- winning runs that it isn't one game that they go down in it's two games because the nervousness that's built up after a loss that's happened after a long winning run can become a bit infective right and um, as I said going into this game I think genuinely had had we won last night as I said all the different um, probabilities that goes into thing make the, put the team on edge again City go in tomorrow night if City win or lose as I said, I'd, I'd rather see City win or lose than draw the match tomorrow night because City then have to win the last game of the season. Whereas if they don't, if they either drop the three points in their hands or if they don't drop the three points, then they could they could well be complacent going into. Well, when I say complacent, relatively complacent, thinking that they only need to draw to win the league effectively in, in, in terms of what it is, and we'll just go out to win the match for for because that's what we are. You know, we're, we're born to win, and we want to make sure that we wrap up at least second place in the actual league, and you know, start off in good stead. So do I want to get on the on Brendan manager Brendan Rodgers back? No, because I I think he made I don't think he made great in-game substitutions yesterday. I think he more or less alluded to it in his press in his post-match press conference. Yeah. Is he allowed the odd wrong thing? Yes, because of all the good things he's done over the course of the season. Um, was I disappointed? Of course I was disappointed. But look, the big picture here. I keep saying it. We can still win this league. It's not over. Mm. There's only 27 games played. Yeah, absolutely. And with that in mind, I suppose we've started looking a little bit towards the future in the last match of the season. Uh, and our preview of Liverpool's final league match um, with Newcastle uh, at Anfield. It's um, going to be a very, very interesting occasion. We're going to be there with our live event with Anfield Index, uh, Carnage in the King Harry pub. Uh, so irrespective of what happens between City and Villa on Wednesday night, uh, Liverpool will end the season with at least a mathematical chance of winning the league on the last day and that's basically dreamland for anyone who's honest with themselves so how does the team look for this monumental last day clash Simon what are you thinking in terms of the personnel on the on the pitch on the day um, I'd probably bring Henderson back into the team even yeah. just because he kind of deserves to be there he's, you know, he's been so significant for us this season and I don't really think that Lucas has done enough to warrant keeping him out of the team now that Henderson's back so I'd have Henderson back in the team and you'd arguably start Coutinho take Alan back out because Alan and Henderson are quite similar so we'd maybe need to take Alan out put Coutinho back in and play Sterling Suarez and, um, and uh, Sturridge up top yeah yeah. So, so that's maybe what I go for, and then obviously the back four is probably going to have to stay the same because we've got we've not really got any more options other than maybe you know playing Agar instead of Sacco, but I'm not really sure that would make any kind of 
noticeable benefit. Jim, an interesting point that Simon touches on there. It doesn't really matter if we haven't had numerically a large amount of injuries over the course of the season in comparison with other squads because we don't have the depth of other squads. Um, so those injuries have taken their toll in exactly the same uh, way as if uh, as a bigger number would in, in a bigger squad. Um, would you see any difference, or would you have any? I know you have a fondness for for Joe Allen. Would you have any difference in your lineup um, for the last day? Um, well. You're right what you say, Trev. I mean, effectively, we've got, what, 14 players, really, that can, can do anything in our first team? Yeah. So if, if you lose one or two, which we have done, you know, we've lost Sturridge. People forget we didn't have Suarez for, I think, the first six games, was it, this season? Yeah. Mm. So, you know, <laughs> Ags will be the best player in the league. and he, We've played 37 games. He's only played 31 of them. Um, me, personally... I've gone on record and said our best midfield three until at least the summer window is Gerard Henderson and Allen. So I think Allen Allen keeps his place. Henderson comes in um, for Lucas. I think the back four stays the same. You could play Aga for Sacco as sort of his farewell um, game, but I don't want to advocate that because I don't want David Thomas, the other Welshman on the show, to... Uh, get the ass for me so um, <laughs> <laughs> there's another lad raising his eyebrow here just so you know we'll, we'll come to that in a second <laughs> so I'd probably go I'd, I'd keep the back four as is I don't think you can do anything else yeah. I don't think Newcastle are, are going to be bothered have they? they've not been bothered since um, November time last year so um, yeah, I, Alan, Alan keeps his place Henderson comes in you play the triple S up front, and you know. Hopefully, we win four or five nil. Yeah, um, I won't. I won't go around everyone for this, but Andy, I saw a, a serious raised eyebrow there with the idea of an agar farewell. Uh, how do you feel about that idea first, and then secondly, do you see? I would you argue, or which which of the two lads elevens would you side with? Um, just the only change I'd say would be Henderson in for Lucas. Um, other than that, it'd be the same. Like it's hard. It's been hard to put an argument forward for why you should bring Agar in for Sacco. Hmm. But you know, I don't think Sacco's done anything special hmm. that's really justified his, t- his place in the team. So it's either or for me. You know, I like Agar. Uh, he's had a he's had a bit of a disaster of a season. Um, just <laughs> his farewell. I don't believe it's going to be his farewell. I mean. I think every player on the team has probably played their last game for Liverpool this season at some stage or another. Mm, yeah. You know, probably Johnson this week. So we could do it on somebody every week. Um, so, I mean, team, I think the team is just going to be the, as, it, as it was last night, except Lucas comes in for Henderson. Yeah, fair enough. Mark, tell me, do you think, is it just about getting the three points and therefore, you know... Um, registering that on the day and doing our best and saying right okay what have you got uh, to City or does the performance matter in the greater scheme of things and the season we've had and the fact that we will have a lot of strong players on the day I think for us really it goes hand in hand if, if you know if yeah, we're going to win enough. the league it's going to be a good performance and especially with it being the last the last day at Anfield and with everything that's gone in the last in the last two games I think as professional footballers they'll they look at it as an opportunity to to, to go out and, and finish on a high mm. and it was like what Phil was saying earlier on it's still on it doesn't really matter what happens on Wednesday night because mm. things can happen yeah and you have you know this I touched on it earlier on this kind of downbeat attitude towards this game even at this stage shouldn't be there because you have to have that belief mm. you know if, 
yeah, 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 Regardless of what happens, uh, you know that's, and I think it, it will go hand in hand. I think, I think they'll win the game well. Yeah. Um, and especially having Henderson back, I think he adds so much to the team. Because mm. even touching on what Lucas, or the way we were talking about Lucas, I mean, nothing, you know, bad against him. But a lot of our game is about keeping the ball and then retaining possession and, and kind of getting thing, getting things going. But then also having the legs. To be covering your defence, yeah. and unfortunately, Lucas doesn't have e- either of them things that Henderson has in yeah. his game, and that's so that in itself will make a massive. Difference. I think, I think, yeah, I think we've missed him, uh, especially last night. Yeah. Um, but that th- these things happen. That, yeah. like I said earlier on, it's bad being a football fan. You've highs and lows. Yeah. It's gone down to the last game, and it, it goes hand in hand. Yeah. A win and a good performance. Yeah. I think we'll get it. That, that's that's a fair point that Mark makes, isn't it, Phil? That if if you know, our, if we do win and we play our ball, it is going to be a good performance, uh, one way or the other. Yeah, and look, as I said, they, they, they want to give the, the, the fans the best send off they can, and I, I hope the fans, and I, and I believe they will, um, they're going to, you know, light the pyro, get the party going before this game kicks off. It's going to be electric ahead of Anfield. This is going to be treated just like any of those big games that have happened recently in terms of welcoming the team in, the noise, the flags, the banners, the whole lot, right? Once we, the, the first thing, Let's let's learn what we didn't learn from Crystal Palace. Get in and get the win. It doesn't matter what the goals are going to be. Let's just get the win um, and see what happens at the end of the game because we can't control what happens in, in Manchester City's game. But what the what the what, what what our lads can do is just make sure that they get the three points. Say thanks to the fans. Say thanks to themselves more more than anything. They owe themselves to go and win the game and win it with a bit of style. And I'm not saying five nil, six nil, or whatever. I'm just saying win it with the style that they've played the whole season in the, the panache and and, and the, the poetry emotion as, as as we've come to know it over this season. You know that. that Keep keep everything going into next season. Yes. Go in on a high again yeah. into next season. Yeah. To you know to, to say, look, this isn't going to be just a, a, a one season. This is something that we've we've built here. This mm. is something we're going to continue yeah. to build and continue to get better. And Brendan on. likes to point out, doesn't he, that it actually started in the January when he got his first two signings. Storage continue, yeah. yep. and that he he ta- he he points to that as the start of things, doesn't he? You yep. know, and, and uh, okay, um, it's 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 look at, at the end of it all, right? Um, it doesn't matter who goes out on, on the pitch ultimately on Sunday, right? I, I think Henderson will come back in purely because going back to the way we play, he fits it perfectly. And uh, and that's not to take away from anyone that gets left out from uh, And uh, as Andy said earlier on, Joe Allen brings the same qualities of the game in terms of how he moves the ball quickly. Coutinho can do the same thing when he's in that midfield as well. So if, we, if, if we're lining up to play our best football with the best players that we have to play that football, then Henderson comes back into the team. And that's no slight on anyone that's going to be left out of the team. I'm just talking about our best players playing our best football for our last game. Yeah. Like I just want to say as well, like I mean, when when uh, the summer comes and Liverpool aren't playing, we miss them terribly. You know, mm, yeah, we don't absolutely. know what to be doing. You're okay with the World Cup, it's never the same no. as a Liverpool fan no. for me. I don't really like international football as much, but like you know, everyone should just enjoy this occasion. Yeah, you know, right. uh, as Phil says, um, they'd be the same welcome party. It's going to be the biggest welcome party, bigger than the Sunderland one, bigger than the City one, and bigger than the Chelsea one. Yeah. Any Liverpool fan anywhere in the UK is going to be at Anfield without, without, with or without a ticket hmm. because there's a chance this is happening and the place to be is Anfield hmm. whether it's in the ground or around the afterwards ground, yeah. Yeah. it's going to be a carnival atmosphere it's going to be it's going to be sensational and anyone that's watching watching the game on telly or whatever just enjoy it because it's been an absolutely amazing season and you know you're going to miss Liverpool until August yeah, bloody sure, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Can I, can I just say, if, if you are watching the game on TV and you don't want to listen to those idiots on Sky, 
then uh, myself and uh, James Owens, uh, Matt Levan, will be uh, doing the commentary live from the pub, I think. You are, you are. Look at you plugging, look at you plugging yourself. Very nice. What's the event? Get on that. What's, what's the event, Jim? Say that again. Sorry, I, I missed what that. What is the event? That was a good question. Wait there, let me just put it up. Yes, <laughs> the event. <laughs> Uh, Jesus, lad, I teed you up there. <laughs> I'll edit this period. <laughs> Can you edit this bit? Yeah. There's, uh, there's uh, Anfield Index and the Day Trippers Carnage at the Harry. Good man, well done event, you. And it'll feature commentary from myself and uh, James Owens and a live podcast from the Day Trippers lot afterwards. So. Very good, very good. We got there eventually. Thanks, Jim. That was brilliant. <laughs> How's your job, Trevor? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah and how can people tune into this? Live <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, fucking hell! Uh, f- fair Get co- the bone. <laughs> follow, uh, follow Anfield Index on Twitter, and they'll send you a link. <laughs> the only thing about this is, Jim. At least you're going to be kind of in some sort of semi-rational sober state because you have to do the commentary on the match. The rest of us will be battling with our nerves, waiting to do the uh, the podcast, and 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 the bar is too close, isn't it? Really. I'm kind of nothing new then, will it? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, let's get some final predictions then for this. We could analyse Newcastle under threats, but I really we can't. can, yes. Mm. Sleeping will be probably one of our main threats yeah. in the pit. <laughs> uh, let, so let's, let's, let's go. Uh, Simon, can you uh, kick us off there with a prediction for the final score? Um, I think we will, as in, will we win? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah or, and scoreline, mate. Uh, yeah, I think we'll win. Um, uh, and I think we'll keep a clean sheet for the first time in a while. Uh, so I think it'll be 3 0. And we're going to keep the 3 0 this time and not actually just piss it away. Lovely, we'll take that. Can you imagine the nerves if we're 3 0 up at 11 minutes ago? Ooh. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Those 3 0s are dangerous scorelines. Fucking <laughs> okay, hell. Uh, Jim, prediction? Uh, yeah, 4 0. I think job done. I think we come out, start fast. They, they're not going to be asked, are they? So. 4-0 party atmosphere uh, and we'll see what happens at the Etihad <laughs> great stuff Andy yeah I uh, just don't see any other way than us bashing the bollocks out of them 4-5-0 um, yeah. uh, I mean that's not that's uh, actually that is me <laughs> showing a complete disrespect <laughs> hey, it is. I was going to say that no disrespect to Newcastle that's me because uh, they deserve nothing but uh, disrespect for the uh, carry on of that club over the last few years so um, so uh, fuck them we bashed them and uh, let's see what happens up the road and you never know uh, the cop could be singing a, a, um, a rendition of I'm forever blowing bubbles of West Ham do the business Mark a shout for you from uh, prediction well I'm going to have to go 5-0 now aren't I so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do, yeah one up my ship yeah. Yeah, 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 I do have issues with this nil lads you're very confident <laughs> with your fucking clean sheets I don't see that I think we win well but I don't see a clean sheet Phil um, I'm going with an 8-6 scoreline <laughs> yes in favour of don't know. It cares? doesn't really and, matter. But the most important thing is West Ham two, Manchester City one. Andy Carroll with a double. Fucking sweet. Um. Right uh, now, champions. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hope so. Uh, right, uh, let's finish then with a little bit of crack. We'll answer some listeners' questions. The first one is from a mate of Andy's. I didn't get his, his name, Andy, in your text. Who is it? Oh yeah, uh, Ray Dickinson. He's not on Twitter. He's just fan of the cast and he texts in questions all the time very good very good well Ray's Ray's question is you have a few points before the match and after 20 minutes you badly need a piss so you go out uh, you hear a roar when you're in the jacks you return to find the Reds have scored a cracking goal are you 
geschafft. Oh Gott. Phil? The right answer is Goddard, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> because let's be honest about it, when you've gone all the way to watch the game, especially with us, when you go over, right, yeah. and you go to the game, yeah. if you go out to the Jacks 20 minutes oh, and you hear the roar, <laughs> you're left with two things in your head. If you're superstitious like myself, you say, do I just sit in the cubicle for the next 70 yes, minutes? <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> or do I, you know, like, obviously you're, you're, you're chuffed the bits that we scored and but you're dying then to see the replay of what the goal was actually like because you know what's going to happen? You're going to be sitting beside some of your mates or whatever, right? And they're going to be like, Jeez, you missed the great goal. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah, missed yeah, the yeah, great yeah. goal. But never mind live. Has that happened to anyone where they've gone and they've left the room and Liverpool have scored and they've had that thing Phil Sotten about, fuck will I stay here? Will uh, I, go back? I, I had a for Gerrard's Olympiacos goal. Oh yeah? Yeah, I was in the jacks for that. <laughs> and, uh, and I ran out, ran out with piss rolling down my leg. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I haven't experienced it. I'll be chuffed. So what? Uh, exactly. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You'll see it. On, you'll see it over and over and over again. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Right. Next one's from Darren. Darren says, "If you were granted the opportunity to smack one famous person on the nose, who would it be and why, Jim?" Oh, Philip Schofield, I hate the fucker. <laughs> <laughs> the most harmless man in the world. I was going to say, is he not a very, oh, very... He just winds me right up. Okay. Standing. Oh, I can't. I can't watch a dancing program. I can't watch the cube. I just want to smack him around the head with the cube. Never mind fucking... And I'm a placid man. I don't know what it is about him. He just, he just winds you right up. Oh, fuck, yeah. I can't stand the sight of him in his grey hair. Jesus. That'll do nicely. That'll do nicely. Next you one, know? right? Next one is from Connor. Connor asks, which sports journalist has the best Twitter game? And he says, why is it Rob Shepard? So he's obviously a fan of Rob's. I can't say I'm particularly familiar with Rob. Who has, do you think, Sai? Uh, I don't really think any of them have got a particularly good Twitter game, to be perfectly honest. That's probably a fair I, I quite like Tony Evans just for his kind of 1 a.m. ale driven rants. Tony's been on form lately, in fairness to him, he's come out with some incredible stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, Tony, for you, any other shouts around the table? Best Twitter game? Yeah. No, don't it's going to be India, haven't it? India Kalani. You're attributing journalists then, are you? If he voted for the footballer, right? Yeah, it, 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 really it is him, head and shoulders, but the rest, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right uh, next one is from Gray and Gray says uh, you can only have one of these for the rest of your life uh, Phil Casey sex or football is it actually from now are you thinking like, about this from now fucking <laughs> <laughs> okay, no from now yeah okay from now <laughs> guess, guess whose wife isn't listening to this podcast <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell <laughs> There's no way I'm answering that one. First time I'm be last. I actually had this conversation when I was 16 with a mate of mine, and I actually chose football at the time because I really wanted to be a footballer. It's not fucking ridiculous. Mm. God you, bless me. Uh, I, if you had to, Gray also asked this one. If you had to live in a place which has a cheese named after it, this is very specific. Uh, where would you live? Any, any, any shouts for this? Easy singles. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, I love that place. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> weather's great there. <laughs> Philadelphia, right? Philadelphia, uh, so get in. No, uh, <laughs> mozzarella. Is that, is that, can it not, can it not be an imaginary place? Oh yeah, there's no rules, mate. It's up to you. It's up to you. <laughs> the one I was going to go for was Buffalo. Obviously, for the mozzarella. Buffalo mozzarella. Very good. That's 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 quite clever. Like that? That's quite clever. I'll give you that one. Uh, next one's from Paul. Paul says, "What is your worst or your best school memory?" Uh, Jimmy, got one here. 
I haven't really. I was um, school, school, school. <laughs> it's a long time ago, mate. Oh, I, I, ginger hair, acne, braces. <laughs> Fucking, it was brilliant. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what? Your reflection is your school, your school memory, fair play. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was horrendous. Yeah. <laughs> any, <laughs> any other shouts around the table here for worst school memory? Worst school memory. Yeah. Um, no, best one was I, I concussed myself in a second round of a football match once by diving into the goalpost. How is this good? <laughs> got two days off. <laughs> 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 I broke my arm playing Gaelic for the school and thought it was great for a week. Matt teacher made me learn myself out to write with my right hand. Are you serious? Yeah. That's the termination. Yeah. Yeah. I admire that. I yeah. admire that. I know. I knew you'd like that one. Yeah, yeah I'm happy with that. I it was always good if a dog came into the school. Wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dog. Yeah, you're fucking yeah. right. Actually, yeah. yeah, let's get very distracted by yeah. a dog walking in. Yeah, anything like just anything different at all. Scraping the door, or popping his nose in, or just a fucking mighty cry. Yeah. Yeah. Next one is from uh, Sean. Uh, Sean is drawing on our questions about burritos and you boys have an obsession with this kind of food and he asks uh, Andy what's the best cure for ring sting never had it yeah but so you've got nothing to offer here no <laughs> thanks for that mate <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking flat uh, any other suggestions a swift exit <laughs> <laughs> yeah fair enough <laughs> uh, next one's from I think Noel uh, Tiger Tracy on Twitter and he says what's your dream job he reckons weather forecasters because they do fuck all and they know fuck all but they get paid which is probably a bit harsh in weather forecasters but not a bad shit anyone else dream job Simon what are you thinking uh, probably be Victor Moses I think <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I like that. Any other shouts around the table here? Dream job? Set Colin ladder. Pasco, he's got the dream job. Colin Pasco, yeah, shorts, dream, shorts, mom, shorts. He does, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's got dream legs <laughs> <laughs> and a dreamy haircut. Yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful wedge of hair. I wouldn't say it, though. He's huge. I wouldn't take Colin on the road. You're fucking serious. <laughs> that lad's gonna slap you down. There's a reason why Brendan has him with him. Fucking <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, he's got his back. Next, he's got his <laughs> ideas, yeah. Next one is from uh, a, a new account on Twitter called at Anfield Stuff. Um, I'm not really sure uh, what this question means. Maybe, uh, maybe Andy Young could help us out here. Uh, would you rather watch a game of curling at the Winter Olympics <laughs> or curl a shit in front of Roy Hodgson? I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but strangely, I just when I saw this, I just I don't know. Familiar with that technique? No. <laughs> that would involve grubbing hands. Like, Coil of shit. Would that be like having a shit like a Mister Whippy? Like <laughs> I, I presume. I presume that's where we're going with this. Uh, I don't. Like, I keep saying I don't mind Roy. So like. I don't know what everyone's obsession is like I want the shit and Roy are fucking <laughs> 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 you didn't actually say that mate <laughs> <laughs> okay well look my reading was you do a Mr. Whippy and Roy Hodgson's face <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah, moving on what is what is an acceptable amount of time to spend on the bog Mark what do you think I thought you were going to go to Andy there again come on. <laughs> he's the shit man yeah. <laughs> he's the shit man come on yeah, yeah. Let's let's it tweak five minutes. Let's tweak it. What's the longest you've spent? Do you reckon? Well, I've been in Liverpool all weekend, so yesterday could have been a goer. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> could have been fifteen or twenty yesterday. You know, you know? Uh, uh, Andy, what song sums up our season for me? That's from uh, Gary. Do you think of a song when you think of this season? Uh, was the was the Stone Roses? This is the one, but. 
it, it was up and loud, yeah? Yeah, I think, I think that's, a, that's a song. <laughs> did you find yourself turning that on and going, fucking come on, did you? No. No? I'm not a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you've proved quite contrary to that, aren't you? Uh, <laughs> uh, next one's from Paul, and Paul asks, which member of the Liverpool squad would you trust with the one ring, and who would be his Sam? I think this is a, uh, what do you call it, question? The Lord of the Rings Lord question. Lord of the Rings question. I'm not an expert here, but... Uh, Simon, who's the who's the who's the the Frodo of the of the squad? It's Jordan Henderson, isn't it? Is it Jordan Henderson? Trust anyone else? And and Sam's his mate, right? So who's that going to be? Well, Sam Gamgee. It's got to be Iago Aspas. He just looks like his name would be Sam Gamgee. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's hard to argue with either of those two shouts, I think. I, I'd, I'd probably have Joe Allen. No, Joe Allen, yeah. totally agree with you. Go to go in the squad. Yeah, he's, as, Fro- he's, as Frodo. And he's utterly reliable, right? right. And he's yeah. also a bit small, like a hobbit. Right. right. As- Aspas got a, a look of the, uh, what's his name, the little creature. Gollum. Of, uh, oh, the oh, Gollum, yeah, yeah, Gollum, yeah. Gollum. Gollum, that's it. Yeah, you've got, you got to look at the Gollum about him, Aspa, so I wouldn't trust him with the ring. <laughs> and for Joe Allen's Sam, I'd have to go to Jose Enrique. Because Sam sort of had to keep Frodo's spirits alive and keep him going. And Sam was always happy and picking him up and saying, come on, yeah. And Jose, when he's on Twitter, he's, he's always got a big smile on his face. Even when they were at the Players' Awards, he was the only one that was still smiling. He hasn't a breeze what's going on. Either him or, or Ali Sissoko. One, one of those two would be, be Sam. What was remarkable about those shows in the Player Awards was that uh, Jose Enrique had a top on. Yeah, and he was he wasn't sitting on his bed with his brother with that top off. Yeah, <laughs> or his girlfriend, or, or, or whoever happens to be there with his top on. <clears throat> okay, this one's from Ike. Good question. Ike says, "I'm an American that loves LFC. Do any of you follow American sports teams, and if so, which ones?" Hmm. I follow, I follow uh, Seattle Rain ladies football side because my sister uh, plays for them. Uh, damn good reason. That's to follow a good show. Yeah, That's damn a good, good show. reason. Uh, anyone else? Um. I used to follow the Chicago Bears. So did I, but that's back in the 70s. Yeah, and or then, 60s, was it? And then the Chicago Bulls as well. <laughs> that's before America, surely. <laughs> 1760s. <laughs> I used to support the Brown Bears <laughs> in the woods. <laughs> I did support the Bears in the 80s, or follow them, because it was, it was big on Channel 4. It was yeah, class. Yeah, Walter Payton was the around fridge the fridge and all that fridge, shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's the first um, Super Bowl I remember. That year, what was that? 85 or six? 85, 86, yeah, yeah, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. That was, and it was, it was on Channel 4 at the time? It was, definitely. Yeah, yeah. The Bears, that, uh, you'd always, and, uh, even now, like, I don't pay much attention to, to American football, but you'd sort of look to see what the, what the scores would be. Would you watch this Super Bowl? Um, no, I, 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 I've watched it like up until about five or six years ago, but it just seems to go on for so long. Hmm. There's so many ad breaks, it's I very hard to watch. I absolutely No, I, I watch it just when it comes to Super Bowl, I won't watch the season, but when it comes to Super Bowl, I think it's brilliant. Yeah. And it, it's a fantastic sport to watch with, with a group of people. It's a bit tedious when you're on your own at home. Hmm. But like, if you're on a pool watching that uh, and the breaks, you can just talk about, you know, what's happening in the game or mm. talk just talk shit for a while and then back to the game Yeah. whereas if you're watching football you're just an unsociable bastard for the whole game because you got your back to everybody you're, yeah you're, you're, you're just staring at the screen you don't drink your points you don't do nothing so it's the perfect drinker's sport oh, is what you're yeah excellent it's, it's, a, it's brilliant when it, for, for a social sport and I can only imagine what it's like going to the games over there Good lad, the American football. Fair play to them. So they've they've got our drinking sorted, and that is us, <coughs> right? Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. Okay. Finally, some admin. On Sunday, we're in Liverpool to be part of the last day celebrations by hosting our live event with Anfield Index. 
Carnage at the Harry is a free event. It'll feature live commentary from the AI lads and a live podcast afterwards from ourselves. Get yourself to the King Harry between half two and half seven and be part of it. We'd love to see as many. Carnage! Fuck. <laughs> that actually fucking scared the shit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we'd like to see as many of you as possible there. Um, thanks to the mighty Johnny Rep for a fantastic team as ever. And finally, our day trippers tonight were Cy Campbell, Jim Fishlock, Mark Keeley, Andy Young, Phil Casey, and myself, Trev Downey. Carnage! All Brendan's... Fr- oh, fuck! <laughs> oh, fuck! Sorry, 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 sorry. Sorry, 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 sorry. Some cars are comfy on the inside, but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower, but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. Time to fire up the grill. Time to go to Total Wine and find the perfect flavor to pair with those burgers. Ooh, I love their beer cooler. (laughs) You love their prices even more. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Sports Social Podcast Network.